hi guys welcome back to have you heard uh the podcast uh everything social yeah. um i'm joined by jack one of the co-founders of the company alongside myself joey um who is one of the paid media directors here at the company um and today we're going to be talking about everything international yes we are indeed lots to talk about i think on this one um always a topic i guess with clients as often we start with them in the uk but they get to a point where they want to keep growing they want more (laughs) they want more so i think it's always one of those isn't it like you you know expand into your existing market and then as humans are we always want to progress and do better so yeah international frequently comes up and i know joe you've got a few clients that have a lot you know a lot of international activity mm-hmm. um not just the uk or europe but even further afield yep. from that as well so when clients are first thinking or brands are first thinking you know we, we've penetrated the uk market pretty well we're happy with the progression we can see that growth continuing but we want to set up in different countries yep. what should they be first thinking about in those sort of like early stages i think first first priority um you know moving outside of the operational side of things because i think initially when you're looking international that's probably one of the things you need to think about um Mm -hmm. because if you've got you know shipping rates that are extortionate there's just no point going international because people just aren't going to pay that much to ship over so once you've got all your operational stuff out the way I think the first thing you need to think of is, and it's like when you're setting up a business in, you know, in the UK or wherever you are based around the world is making sure you've got your core website that's operational and working across mm-hmm. all the territories. Now we've worked across several clients that have got different ways of doing this. Quite a few of the clients that we do work with are, are on Shopify, um, which has a great tool available to it called Shopify Markets, um, which essentially allows you to segment your website down yeah. um, per country, per market, and how also have like almost have your own kind of subdomain um, for each for each market. Um, and then all of your prices are obviously all updated, and all of your shipping rates are all updated um, per market on there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important because whenever someone lands on a website, I think one of the biggest turnoffs that people can, you know, can can really have is when you land on a website and it doesn't feel native to wherever you are. Yeah. You then have to, you know, click on two, three, four different buttons to be able to get onto a localized website that then feels like you're browsing a website that's that's right for them, essentially, yeah. and that the brand's kind of providing a service to them. Because essentially your website is is a service provider to, to, to customers. Yeah. Um, and you want, you know, you want that service to be the best as possible to wherever people are browsing from in the yeah. world. So that's a really, really core thing um, to get right. Um, like I mentioned, Shopify markets is is one way of doing that. But I know um, we've worked with uh, another few brands that have been using a, a tool called Global E, mm-hmm. um, which essentially you still have one domain, but you have dynamic change, uh, dynamically changing prices um, on your yeah. website, um, which is always kept up to date with, um, I guess, uh, exchange rates to make sure that the, the pricing is yeah. kind of the best it can be. Um, I guess the only downfall from that side of things is it doesn't kind of fit within Google's best practice. Google really really like you to have your own domain yeah. per country that's kind of the best way to set things up um so it's i guess it's a good stop gap um for quite a lot uh, a lot of brands that are looking to expand and it's a quite a quick easy tool to be able to set up as mm-hmm. well but the best thing to do is is get kind of subdomains or separate domains set up per per market yeah and then with that with that website change obviously it's probably 
copying over into English again, if you're already using English language, should they be, should brands be considering which markets to go into, whether it's, would you recommend maybe that they are English speaking before others so you can roll out your mm. you know ad campaigns across yeah and those different markets i think i think i think naturally the way's best approach that 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 we've always kind of seen is is really looking at the markets which you're already getting a reasonable amount of organic reach in mm -hmm. and you're getting people onto your site but i've actually got a good conversion rate already so if you're getting people onto the site from you know um, germany for example without kind of really doing any push on advertising out yeah. there if you can see they've got a good conversion rate over there you're probably in for a bit of a winner to go and start pushing some yeah. some ad spend over there so i think that's kind of always a good benchmark to go off is kind of look at your organic data and see where people are coming from across the world you know across the world yeah. where people are buying from and obviously it, it brings back to the point around operationally as well are you are you know are you operationally able to fulfill those orders that are going out to, to those territories as well so i think that's kind of one of the core things um i guess to decide which country and i know you mentioned around um language as well which is obviously quite a big um i guess stumbling block um for for anyone looking to, to kind of um, migrate their activity across especially across europe because i think we've got so many different languages across europe but mm. the general consensus is from all of the testing that we've done is that the majority of those countries respond to english regardless yeah. it's such a widely spoken language that you can really tap into those markets without having to particularly look too heavily into translation i think you know you're looking across scandinavia across germany in particular is where we've seen you know easy and, and quick mm -hmm. success building out those kind of subdomains but still running activity in english and still getting a good result off the back end of it now there's obviously other countries i think particularly france being the main one where um you know english is probably less spoken across the country um so the need to have the activity you know translated um you know into french both your website and your ad copy is kind of much higher in in uh, territories like that so it, it obviously depends where particular that you're looking to expand out into but typically you know germany the nordics are usually pretty good safe options to go for in english i think quite a lot of the testing that we've done um has been around um you know whether it's okay to say run your ad copy in german but then send them through to an english website or yeah. vice versa english website through to a german uh, sorry english copy through to a german website but actually what you're doing in that instance is creating a bit of a disjointed user journey so we actually see conversion rate drop off quite heavily when we've um, when we've seen that so it's always better to keep that whole user journey consistent whether that's english to english german to german right. um swedish to swedish you know wherever wherever you're looking at um you know, pushing any ad spend. Yeah. Um, so from a translation perspective, that's probably the main thing that I would really kind of yeah. uh, recommend. And then when going into those, entering those new markets with, you know, ad spend through paid social, for example, what are the sort of, are you doing anything different in terms of like campaign structure and setup like that? Or are you doing anything to sort of test the waters and the appetite of that, that market first? How... Do you go about doing that? Yeah, so I guess it depends what kind of industry you're in. Um, I think where we've seen really big successes in international expansion is with fashion clients. And one of the ways that we've been able to kind of, as you said, test the waters is really kind of go in with a product feed first best mm -hmm. approach. So like you obviously will have in the UK, um, you always need to make sure that you've got fully, you know, 
not necessarily translated, but at least kind of localized product feed, which yeah. has got your updated shipping rates, your update, you know, updated pricing on there, mm-hmm. and your updated currencies to make sure it at least feels local to yeah. the users that you're, you know, you're showing those products to. But it's a really good way of kind of tapping into kind of a, a new market without having to go too heavy in in pulling creative together because essentially you know your product feed does the job for you um and the way that we've kind of seen the success for that is from a prospecting perspective using dynamic ads for broad audiences across meta and then from a retargeting perspective just using dynamic retargeting yeah. and if we can see success from like a product-led approach we can see there's an appetite for the type of products that we're pushing yeah. in those particular markets and then we can start selling the brand in a bit more um with kind of a bit more top top middle of the funnel um activity yeah. um with some more bespoke creative that's kind of been generated for that particular market so that's kind of the way we kind of phase it up and build it off the back of that um now we kind of use a similar approach on the google side of things as well so one thing that we'll do is is, is jump in with a performance max campaign just to see you know again what the appetite is where we can see mm-hmm. you know that we're getting traction and then we can start building out the other elements as well looking at dynamic search looking at manual search and really kind of creating that full yeah. funnel structure and then i guess past that point creative is like you said is and translation like having everything fully localized i guess even from like a creative point of view there's definitely some that will perform both in the uk and, and elsewhere but different countries you know, react and respond to different pieces of creative. I think an easy, in my opinion, one of the easier ways to get going with localized creative is to use localized creators or, mm-hmm. you know, micro influencers. Um, it doesn't always have to be, you know, speaking to camera about that product, but that style, that, you know, look and feel as a part of that, or if it's in a, in a home setting, you know, one country definitely has a different way of styling and designing their home interior versus English house. You know, I think it's can be quite obvious. So working with localized creators that can really create different levels of creative for you, um, create formats, themes, etc., to enable that sort of growth and expansion. But like, yeah, like you said, it's almost giving, you need that confidence first that there is that appetite to then invest that next level in your ad spend, your campaign structure, your creative, um, your copy, because it all does add up very quickly when we're doing transcreation, fresh creative for everywhere. So it's obviously worth it because that's what you do in the UK. So why wouldn't you do that elsewhere? But, you know, you need that confidence to... Yeah, exactly. Especially if you can then start, you know, you get it big enough in in certain territories around the world that you can then open up fulfillment centers, you know, and just improve the whole service, um, you know, together, which just really, really helps you scale um, the activity even more when you're kind of pushing to that level. It's a huge change, I think, for just going from UK to across the world. But, you know, I think... UK is obviously a decent market, but when you think of America, it's at least five times as big in terms of population yeah. um, and things like that. You know, you've got states that are almost a, probably the similar size as the UK mm-hmm. or England. So the ability to scale across different countries can transform businesses. And I know we, we've seen it with sort of clients. You can see that doubling of growth year on year still as you go 
Yeah. Um, which you wouldn't be able to see if you just stuck to the UK. Well, the US is a funny one as well because each individual state, we, we, you know, we talk across Europe and each country having their own nuances in terms of the type of creative uh, and, you know, the way that they respond to different types of products. It's It literally is the same yeah. in the US. You kind of really have to treat each individual state almost as its own country as we would yeah. do in um you know, in, in Europe, because there are so many different individual nuances climate. across all of the, yeah, and yeah. climate as well, um, that makes such a big difference in terms of, you know, the type of product that you're pushing and the messaging that you're pushing as well. So again, that's one of the things that we've, you know, from all the testing that we've been doing where we have been branching out to those, mm -hmm. um, to those US markets is really taking quite a honed approach across each yeah. individual state to find, you know, where we're getting the best traction, what's getting, you know, yeah. what's getting the most traction in terms of messaging. So I think that's a really important key part when you're kind are of you building that as its own funnel in each state or are you building each state into a ad set? So, I mean, it depends really, it depends on the scale and, and, and budget really in terms of what, you know, what you've got access to. I think if you're looking at more of a minimal budget, I think you just really need to focus on a few key states mm -hmm. and then just look after those for the, for, for the start until you start really getting some traction there. But if you've got a larger budget to work with, I think certainly from like a prospecting side of things, really kind of, I would probably say splitting your um, like top of the funnel campaigns mm -hmm. down into kind of state categories yeah. where you can kind of um group up those states um based off their kind of user behavior yeah. um and then with our kind of normal middle and bottom of the funnel side of things you can be generally a little bit broader with yeah. that because you know they've already engaged with the brand at that point they're kind of you know potentially already on, on board at that stage so we can be a bit you know um broader with the targeting that we yeah. that we're using from from that side of things but yeah trying to capture those people um you know, those users at the different states that they're in is, is you know, really important in segmenting the kind of those groups together. I know one thing that always wildly changes, not only estates, but countries is like CPMs. So even though you're like metrics of what you're used to in the UK is going to look so different. Mm -hmm. You have to like almost throw that out the window. Yeah, exactly. Have something. Particularly in the US. I mean, CPMs <laughs> in the US are like three, four times the price of what they are yeah. here. Especially like New York. California, Florida. New York and California are the kind of, yeah. I mean, California particularly well. is very expensive Dictus. to advertise yeah. in. Um, so yeah, again, it's, it's all considerations you have to take. So, um, and, and, you know, doing your research in those markets is obviously really important before you start kind of moving across to, you know, look at your CPMs, look at what you're, you know, what you're benchmarking against mm -hmm. to understand that, you know, you might be paying more per user, but then actually at the end of the day, potentially someone, from California might be spending yeah high over you anyway so you kind of have to balance that out anyway with um with kind of you know your ad yeah. spend and your return on ad spend that you're I think that's why the things. blended ROAS model works so well yeah because you can see the incremental like uplift in revenue change by investing in these new you know new countries or states and see the difference that level of ad spend has made on that particular location mm -hmm. Rather than just going, you know, oh my God, the CPM is just 25 yeah. pound per thousand impressions. And this is never going to work, but actually looking at the pure like revenue. And certainly there. within those early days as well, because you, you know, you might not initially see it in platform um, mm -hmm. in terms of the traction that's being gained, but 
actually having a look at it from a blended and holistic model um you can really see the uptick in terms of performance that you're getting um and you know we've had it with other clients before where we've moved into new markets and you know in platform it doesn't look particularly good but when you look at the growth and the increase in revenue that you've seen from a total site Mm -hmm. side of things from that particular market you can see a massive uptick so you know something's working over there particularly if that's the only only advertising that you're doing out there so that's um yeah i mean we use that model kind of across the board really uh, in the uk and internationally so just because it works so well and is there any final notes to the sort of international scaling bits final notes for international i guess it's just don't be scared of it yeah um i think quite a lot of companies are potentially scared it's quite a lot of change that you have to take on board when um you know moving across to to new territories um but yeah just don't be scared of it because um you know any any company that's done well in the uk i think has the potential to do well in other markets because if you've got a product and service that works then it's going to work at least somewhere else across the world not just in the uk so i think you just got to bite the bullet and go for it and don't worry if it doesn't work Work initially yeah (laughs) Yeah. because it does take time to build up a brand in a new country it's 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 like starting a new brand afresh um so yeah you've just got to persevere perfect well thanks very much joey for the conversation today and thanks very much for everyone listening along please make sure to subscribe wherever you are whether it's youtube or any of the um, audio podcast platforms as well and we'll be making sure to bring some more along soon thank you very much